did you sign up for a class that was like ancient history of China or something like that? (laughs) Yes, I did. Welcome, everybody, to the Halfway There cast with Tyler and Eric. We are halfway there. And Eric, it is a good day. I got a fresh haircut today from my man, Jimmy, at Mill Springs Barbershop. And I've been keeping a little secret from you tonight, Eric. What is it? I am actually on my back porch smoking turkeys right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you you got me on that one. I did. You about caught me at our pre-meeting before that, that that is funny that, <laughs> uh, oh I got, I got two going right now and uh i thought nothing better than to uh just bring the podcast outside and smoke some turkeys while we're doing it is this our first on location podcast then? It, abs- it absolutely is oh nice absolutely so listen we don't know what's going to happen well, I hope my turkeys don't catch fire while we're doing this or something. <laughs> no, I've got them, uh, got them in a resting phase, and the smoker right now turned it down a little bit, and I'll crank it up towards the end. We do have a guest. Mr. Phineas Faith Ford will be out here with us. That's our dog. And, okay. Um, he's currently sleeping, so hopefully he'll stay that way. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've got my uh, bird brining currently right now. Oh in my in my newly purchased Lowe's salute to veterans five gallon bucket <laughs> that I had to get specifically for the purpose. Okay, yeah, look looking forward to that. So yeah, you you're, you did two turkeys this weekend. You're doing two more now. Yeah, it's so I did two this weekend. I'm doing two right now. I'll do one more tomorrow. Five total. That's a lot of turkey. Are they whole whole turkeys or the turkey breast? Uh, what are I've you got, doing? I'm doing two whole and three breasts. So I've got in there right now a whole turkey and a breast. That's what I've got in there now. Okay. So, and I'll do another whole one tomorrow. One of the ones in tonight I'm playing with, it's just I went and bought a breast today and calling it a hot bird. So I'll put some okay. hot, hot, spicy season on it. And yeah. We're going to see how that tastes just kind of for our family. Not probably won't serve it on Thanksgiving. Don't want to. You know, that's, that's a risky thing to do. It is. It is. The last few years I've done a pretty close to just normal barbecue rub on my t- turkey that I smoke. Yeah. Gives it, gives it a good flavor. N- not traditional, not for everybody. Right. But yeah. Well, the first year I did it, which was two years ago, I had a rub that I like to use on everything and it's called butt rub, B-U-T-T rub. And it's a little spicy and some people just didn't love it. So I've backed off to use, I like to use, um, I don't want to say, cause it's my secret recipe. Yeah. I told you the other day though. Yes. I almost went and looked for it today, but I decided too much work to go into the location. You told me. Gotcha. Cause I, yeah. I had to go to the other location to get go groceries. Get your, your, oh, and you had to go get your veteran five gallon bucket from Lowe's. I actually did that yesterday before, before you and I went and played racquetball. We sure did play racquetball <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> we did. And I currently have a, my daughter taught me how to do a Facebook story 
with a poll on it for us. I saw that, yeah. So I, I put that up there, put a picture of me and you playing the racquetball, and with a poll, seeing who the people think won the match, and I was pretty perturbed because as soon as I put that poll up there, within seconds, somebody had already hearted it and clicked that they thought that you were the winner, and it was none other than our... I, I would say former friend now, Matthew Nykirk. <laughs> oh, he I mean, it's like well, it's like it's like he didn't even have to think about it. It's just like <laughs> didn't even consider me at all. Wow. Well, we did. You won the grand championship. Well, well. that one didn't really count because it was just a half game. Oh, <laughs> uh, we had a good time though. We we were we are not what we used to be. No, but but thank God we're not what we will be one day. I guess. What, yeah. do, you, do you hear some coyotes in the distance there? No, no. I saw car lights. Okay. <laughs> the police were coming to get me. <laughs> well, it, it, it is a big thing to be on location. It is. It is. Well, we've got... Well, you, you want to tell a story. I remember you telling me that the other day. I distracted you by telling you I was out here smoking turkeys. Yeah. And, and, I will, and I've thought about it. And I, I've decided to back off on that story. Nope. Did, did I... Did I possibly save a few lives? Maybe, but I, I don't know how it'll come across. So what I kind of want to focus on instead is do the words do host me mean anything to you? I remember that song. Do, do host. Host, do host mish. Yeah, Ramstein. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, it went over my head. So that, they're, they're German. Yeah. yeah. And they are possibly new listeners we have in Germany. <laughs> Quite possibly. We do have some German yeah, listeners. We do have some German listeners. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, exciting. Well, he, here's what here's what happened. I was going to open up that with saying Gunter Glieben Glocken Glubin <laughs> like the Def Leopard. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just convinced that was German. I looked it up. It's not German. It's just gibberish that they made up for like a, instead of counting one, two, three, four, they just made that up. You're kidding me. No. Mutt Lang, the producers, they're like, hey, we're tired tired of saying one, two, three, four. So we're just going to make up some words here. Wow. Yeah. So that's not German. That's disheartening. That is, but hmm. but we are we are thankful for our German listeners. We are very thankful for our German listeners. We salute you. Salute. <laughs> All right. We have four good topics. The first thing we want to talk about, you informed me that November 16th was National Fast Food Day. Yes. Do we have a day for everything now? We do. We do. Okay. I, I think almost every day of the year is is something. Yeah. Well, that's, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Yeah. I, I mean, they're not like federal holidays, but they're a day to recognize you know, something. Yeah. You know what? I'm making a declaration right now. You better you need to remember this, everyone. November 21st? No. November 5th. December 5th. December 5th okay. is Nas- National Halfway There Cast Day. Ooh, I like it. There we go. We'll celebrate oh. it. December 5th. <laughs> We we can do it. We can come up with some stuff. All right. All right. National fast food today. Which one is the best, Eric? What is your favorite fast food restaurant and why? Well, we've talked about a lot of topics on this show over 20-something episodes, and 
there may not be a topic that I've put as much thought into <laughs> as as this. I have several thoughts on this. I have several thoughts. I, I don't think it's a simple answer. Okay. Because what people would expect us being Christians is to just immediately say Chick-fil-A is the best fast food and move on. And and it is, if people want to call it the Lord's Chicken, that that's okay. Call it the Lord's Chicken. I'm, I'm okay you're with that. One. You're getting one up there. Well, yeah. It, it, hey, it has the... Uh, the soft opening of that Chick-fil-A near me is on December 6th, the day after National Halfway There Day. And wonder, then the yeah, the full opening's on the 7th. I wonder if we'll get an invite to the soft opening. I, I don't see why not. <laughs> I don't either. A- anybody listening. But but here's the deal with Chick-fil-A. They have good chicken. They have good waffle fries. But there's something going on with their buns. I mean, they're they're like a soggy... Mess. Well, I and know they, what they, it is. They don't hold up the yeah. the product, so I don't know. Do you, do you know two of my children worked at Chick Fil A? I don't think I knew that. Yeah, no. Le- Leanne worked there for a time, and Elijah worked there as well. Okay. the The reason the bun is soggy is because it's in that wrapper that they put it in. Whatever that wrapper is, yeah, it it holds the heat. It's like tin foily. It holds mm-hmm. the heat and it just moisturizes everything. <laughs> well, you'd think they would fix that because if it weren't for that, I mean, toast the bun or, or something. You, I you mean, don't, don't, like, don't you just don't like toast. You said that last week. Well, I don't like soggy buns either. I mean, don't don't give me a chicken sandwich with a soggy bun. There you go. So so so, so it's not Chick Fil A for me. Okay, okay. I do have some honorable mention. Let's hear it. Before I get to my actual one, honorable mention, and 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 by the way, do do food trucks count with fast food? No, that's not fast. Does it, so it has to be a chain. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Lee's famous recipe. Okay. Excellent, excellent pressure cooked chicken tenders. They cook them in a pressure cooker. Zaxby's does really well. I like Arby's. They have the meats. They do. And then just just because of the staying power, I, I think you gotta put McDonald's in there just because they've they're kind of like the blueprint for all of it. Yeah. Not necessarily because their food's that great, but 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 that so I, I give those all honorable mention. So I, I'd like to hear some of your thoughts before I, I give my okay. number one fast food. I I like Zaxby's, but I don't I wouldn't put it up there. If we're going, if we're talking chicken, see, there's so many, there's so many variables when it comes to me, and we'll discuss that here in a minute. But like, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, chicken, not chicken. Yeah. Yep. But if you're going to do chicken, slim chickens is the best. I don't know if you have one of those in your area. No, best chicken strip going. Hmm. I, I have been through the drive-through near where you live to get my son some chicken strips, but I've never had it yeah. myself. Plenty of dipping sauces too. I like Arby's. I love a roast beef. I grew up on roast beefs. They have a better roast beef than Hardee's used to have. I don't know if Hardee's has one anymore. But but you didn't name my favorite. Uh, well, and McDonald's. I, McDonald's, I guess, is a guilty pleasure for me, so it could be on the honorable yeah. mention. But you didn't even get close to what my favorite is. Well, do, do you want to give your favorite first, or you want me to go? I can go first. 
Okay. What's your favorite? My favorite, if I just have to say this is my favorite fast food restaurant, it's Taco Bell. Oh. oh. We like to make runs for the border. (laughs) Yes. Yes. um, You know know what I get there? You seem like a Chalupa man. No. I'll give you my exact order. I get three cheese roll-ups and one chicken quesadilla. Okay. I had had a late night Friday and hadn't had dinner yet. So I went by a Taco Bell. Hadn't hadn't been to a Taco Bell since since this past summer. And I get the Nachos Bel Grande Ooh. with a hard taco, a crunchy taco. And then I tried the nacho fries with the oh, with the nacho sauce. Yeah. How's that? It was decent. Okay. Decent. That that's a good one. Taco Bell's pretty good. Yeah, a lot of people Bell's don't want don't like Taco Bell at all. Yeah, I like it. Now, if you're talking breakfast, it's Hardee's. Yeah, it's hard to beat them. Yeah. All right. What's yours? Mine is the best of of every every world here because this place has a good breakfast. They have breakfast bowls. They have your (laughs) breakfast burrito. They also have chicken and hamburgers, both excellent. And on top of that, they have pretty good ice cream. Oh, talking talking Dairy Queen here. Hot eats, mm, cool, cool that, treats. That would make a hard push. Yeah, so you, I guess if I yeah, if Taco Bell's one, Dairy Queen is one and a half. I mean, you can get, and it's not one of those places that just has a bunch of stuff and it's not good. I mean, their stuff is good. Yeah, six the honey, six six dollar chicken basket. Yeah, the honey barbecued chicken tenders. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then they have cheese curds, the best cheese curds. <laughs> cheese. I, I've never had their cheese curds, but Ooh. I've seen it on the menu. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Have you had their pretzels with their white cheese sauce? Yes. Yeah. Oh. It's pretty good. That is you may be swaying me. <laughs> now the the only thing about them, they have a, a chili cheese dog on their value or their two for six or whatever it's called. Chili cheese dogs are not the best, uh, okay. but other other than that, you get you got your blizzards, you got your peanut buster parfaits, <laughs> your dilly bars. They used to dip your ice cream cone in a cherry hard shell. Oh, they still do that here in Somerset. Oh, do they? They had. Listen to this. Hold hold yourself here. Get ready. Okay. You hold on to something. Um. Yeah. Over the summer. And into the fall, they had the dipped cone, but they dipped it into churro. Churro, yes. Yeah. Oh, it was <laughs> it was like eating eating ice cream with uh, cinnamon toast crunch. It was glorious. I, I did have that because okay. we had that up here too. But yeah, that was a special thing. Usually, ours only does the the chocolate dip. Yeah, we get the cherry here. Oh man, I love the cherry. The cherry. Also, I got a confession to make. Okay. So we were together yesterday up in Danville and we had Mexican. Yeah. And then we wisely went and played racquetball right after that. <laughs> well, on the way home, I stopped at the Stanford Dairy Queen and got a blizzard. <laughs> so we put in an hour and a half of exercise and then you go straight to the Dairy Queen. Yeah, I had to uh, I, I had to settle my stomach a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I just I need to kill some time. So I went to Dairy Queen. What, what what's your go-to blizzard well they mix them up so okay 
I, the one I like right now is not my go-to because it's, I think it's like seasonal mm-hmm. is a uh, caramel fudge, caramel cheesecake. Okay. Pretty tasty. But now yeah. my, just my, if, if I have to tell somebody what to get me and I don't know what they have, it's always Reese's. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. I, I've always went for the Heath or the cookie dough, but the key is I don't like, I tell them no chocolate syrup when I order it because uh, I like my ice cream those. white. Yeah, you're yep. one of those. You're one of those. Yep. Okay. Yep. I, re- I think I remember you teaching me. I think you taught me that, actually. Yeah, and you, you can also add extra candy to it if you oh, want. Oh, yeah, like, I that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. No, I no remember, chocolate I mean, syrup. I remember a guy by the name. He had a nickname of... <laughs> his name was... <laughs> oh, his name was Beefy. Long time ago. He's the one that told me about that. Yeah. Okay. So beefy. beefy, if you're a listener, salute. <laughs> salute, Beefy. Oh, man. All right. So I think after your persuasion, we have both landed on Dairy Queen. Okay. I think that's all right. That's, that, that's very agreeable. Yeah. Dairy, think, yeah. Can't go so, wrong with Dairy Queen. So, Hot Eats Cool Treats, if you, you know, want to reach out and let us test some blizzards, we would absolutely love to do that. Yes. If you want to sponsor the show, I'll gladly, you know, say something about Dairy Queen once yeah. every 30 minutes. I'll say something about Hot Eats and Cool Treats every 30 minutes. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who I just don't like at all. Just, just, re- just re- real quick here. Okay. Kind of got, got under my crawl is uh, Fazoli's. Because yeah. here's what Fazoli's does to me. <laughs> they, the, you cannot get through their drive-through in under fifteen minutes. <laughs> well, because here's why: because you're trying to order an Italian feast through a drive-through. Well, it's noodles. I mean, cook the noodles, have them ready, put your different sauces on them. But here's here's what they do to me, Tyler. I pull up to the window, and you know how they do that thing to you where they're like, "Could you please pull forward?" Oh, I don't like that. I look in my rearview mirror. There's not even anybody <laughs> behind me. And one time I didn't, I, I wouldn't do it until some people came, but th- they do that to me every time I'm sorry. I, I could go and order a, an ice water and they would pull me, pull me up. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh uh, yeah. Fazoli's I get in there and eat all that bread. You don't, you're not a big bread guy. I love that <laughs> bread they have. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was trying to think of one. I don't like it when you were saying that and Sonic, maybe don't love yeah. Sonic. Yeah. It's okay. It's is okay. okay. Here's the question I have. You ready for this? Yeah. Are sandwich shops, Subway, Penn Station, Firehouse Sub, Blimpy, I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, Jersey Mike's, are those fast food? I would consider them that because, yeah, any where they're not technically like a sit down restaurant kind of a thing mm-hmm. i mean you can sit in there but jersey mike's i've just recently discovered them in the last few years they are they're good yeah what's that called they put on it the juice i don't know what it is but it it's is. it's good you know the reason i ask that is because penn station is so expensive yeah it's like 20 dollars for one person yep 
very expensive there at Penn Station. It is. We, you and I, used to uh, destroy the subway. We would, yeah, we would exercise back in the day, and then we'd go eat like two thousand calories worth of subway because we thought it was healthy. Yep. Yeah. We did. We See, have subway cards. If they were out, I'm sure we did. Yeah. I'm sure, we got a free sub every now and again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost positive we did. I can remember that now. That was a big deal for us. Seafood sensation was my go-to. They don't do that anymore. Seafood sensation? Oh, the yeah. Sensation. It was like some sort of fake crab meat or something. You know, I went to the subway the other day in Russell County. I hate to call mm-hmm. anybody out. And it was pretty expensive, too. But the weird thing about it was, you know, when you get your meats, you can always see them and always like to point to what I want. Yeah. Well, they, they flipped up that thing that's over the meats. Yeah. And it blocked all of my vision. Huh. Didn't care for that. Sounds like something a little shady is going on. Yeah. I'm afraid they didn't give me some good meats or something on there. (laughs) Yeah. Who's one of the best fast food condoceers were KP. Oh yeah. He was, he worked at Taco Bell. We've talked about that and he really, he was elite. Yeah. He has a lot of good food advice. I'm actually, I just trying. Well, I am trying his top secret family cheesy grits recipe here on Thanksgiving. I'm going to add it to the side dishes. Well, we need to, and I guess everybody will hear this after the fact, but hopefully we probably need to throw up some prayers for KP. He's going to deep fry turkey and I'm worried about what's going to happen inside his house, inside his house. So, yes, I don't. I'm concerned. I'm deeply I don't, concerned. I don't know. He's uh, he he works well. I can't say where he works because he's he he knows a thing or two about emergencies yeah. and and situations, things like that. So I mean, maybe he knows what he's doing. I don't know. Hopefully, well, we've spent a lot of time on that. I knew. Well, we it, it it needed to be talked about, it, and it was vital vital information for the listeners. Let's move on to our next take here really quick. We want to play a video or I guess a soundbite from a video that you sent me off Facebook of Steve Lawson, one of our favorite preachers. So let's go ahead and play that clip for everyone. There is dangerous teaching today in this town that says you can believe in Jesus as Savior, but you do not need to submit to him as Lord. And that you can live your Christian life for five years, ten years, and at some point later in your Christian development, you can finally get serious about, uh, about Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. On down the road. And I hear it on an almost weekly basis. And I've heard it almost on a weekly basis for the last 40 years. People coming to me and wanting to know Number one, when was I saved? I mean, I heard it this week. Uh, I, I, I prayed to receive Christ when I was four and a half, but I didn't get serious about the Lord until I was in my 20s. And in between, I just lived however I wanted to live. And so, Pastor, when did I get saved? And the answer to that is very simple. You were saved when you received Christ Jesus, the Lord. Not just Christ, and not just Christ Jesus, 
but you are converted when you receive, listen to this, the whole Christ, Christ Jesus, the Lord. If I came to your house and knocked on the door and you said, who's there? And I said, Steve Lawson. And you said, Steve, come in. Lawson, you stay out. Well, I can't come in until all of me can come in. I mean, I can't peel my skin off of me and slide it under the door and part of me be in there. It's all or nothing, is it not? Well, the same is true with receiving Christ. You receive all of Him or you receive none of Him. He doesn't come in installments. All right, tough words there by Mr. Lawson, Pastor Lawson. Eric, what do you think about that? He said a whole lot there that makes a lot of sense, of course, talking about lordship salvation. And, and there are there is a subset of Christians who say that you can have Jesus as your Savior, but not Lord, meaning he can save you. You know, you, you said the prayer, repeated the prayer or, or whatever. You got baptized. You're saved. You just don't really live like it. Church isn't very important to you. Scripture's not important to you. You're just kind of living the way you have, but but you're saved now is the only difference. And he made a good case there in just a short amount of time about how that's that's not possible. He he said you either receive all of him, meaning all of Jesus, or none of him. And I, I agree with that whole wholeheartedly. Jesus has to be both Savior and Lord if you're going to be saved. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't want to make light of this, but it was pretty funny when he said that he was just going to take his skin off and shove it under the door. Yeah. I thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and that, that made a good point, too. It did. Um, it did. That, that, yeah, you have to have, to have it all or, or nothing at all. Yeah, and, and Jesus, the call in Scripture that we see is that he calls people to follow him and to make him Lord of their lives. And, and that's, that's the case for us as well. We cannot skate on that. But when Jesus calls us to follow, he calls us to follow him in every aspect of our lives. Even in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So even in that language, that we are, we are calling out to Jesus as Lord of our lives. And I think over time, the understanding of what it means for Jesus to be Lord has got away from us a little bit. Yeah, and people don't really like to even talk about it like that because to say that someone is Lord means that they're, they're in charge, they're the boss, they get the final say, they're, they're the master. So when you say Jesus is Lord, when you recognize that, you are essentially giving up any any sort of rights that you perceive that you had, and you say, I'm, I'm living for him. Whatever he says is what I'll do. He's the one I'm going to obey. He's the one I'm going to follow. That's, that's what it means to be, to be Lord. And I, I'm always, I, I never know how to say it just as, as far as, as this goes, as far as people making Jesus Lord of their life and things. And what we recognize that Jesus, he's Lord, no matter whether you recognize him as that or not. And there's going to come a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But there has to come a point in your life where you, you realize that he's Lord and you're not. And you've got to start living that way. 
And if you don't do that, then you've not you've not been converted, according to what Mr. Lawson is saying here, because the converted person is one who understands and recognizes that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, I believe John MacArthur wrote a book on this. Well, he wrote several books on this gospel according to Jesus was this whole thing. But more recently, I think the book was called Slave. Do you remember that book? I, I remember seeing it. I never read yeah, it. I, I think I read it. And the whole point was, of course, just flip to the beginning of Romans here, where Paul says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. That word servant is dulios, which is slave. That's how it, it translates out of the Greek. And MacArthur making the case that, of course, in the English language, the word slave is a naughty word. You know, yep. because of the past of our country, and we understand that and want to have compassion on those things, but but we can't water down what the scripture says and what the scripture means, and it means that Paul is saying there is that he is a bond servant, he is a slave to Christ, and Christ is the Lord of his life, and it was true for Paul, and it is true for us as well if we've called on the name of the Lord to be saved, that we are his bond servants, his slave, he is Lord of our lives. And so what that does then is that should dictate how we begin to then live our lives as Christians. We don't get to have Jesus as the cherry on top of the Sunday and then life how we want it. But Jesus is the, you know, the, the whole thing behind everything that we do, his commands in his word. Yeah, and he said, you know, Lawson made a statement there about how he's heard so many times over the last 40 years people asking him things about when they truly got saved, and he gave the example of the four-and-a-half-year-old who repeated a prayer, but then not until their 20s did they start living for Christ and, and things like that. You know, that that's hits home for for you and i both because that's that's very similar to what's happened to us i repeated a sinner's prayer when i was seven eight years old somewhere around that and you know but i, I never did live as if jesus was my lord you know i went to church and things but as far as living a life that was devoted to listening to him and and his teachings and what scripture says and, and obeying him or, or even having any desire to that, that didn't happen until I was in my twenties. So it wasn't until my twenties that I was safe because before then I, I didn't submit to Jesus as Lord. And, and believe me when I say I, I don't perfectly submit to him now and, and never will, but the desire it is there. Whereas before, it wasn't. It's just like, oh, you know, yeah, if I die tonight, I'm going to heaven because I, I said a prayer. No, it's not when you say a prayer. It's not when you ask Jesus to save me or come into my heart. It's uh, when you turn from sin, start following after Jesus, submitting to him as Lord. Yeah, and you're right that this hits home to both of us. And even as he, as Steve Lawson was, we were li I was listening to that the first time. I, I thought of myself and my own story and my own testimony and all of those things where yeah, I made a meh, air quote profession of faith when I was young and then absolutely did not live as Jesus was Lord of my life 
until I truly repented, truly turned from my sin and truly trusted in Christ as Savior uh, in my early 20s. And but that is the case for so many people, is it not? Yeah. yeah. And, and go, go ahead. I had a, a guy at church the other day after services Sunday night. He we just said, hey, I want to ask you a question. He said I was listening to something or maybe he was. I don't remember the context or where he heard it, but he said someone talking about they got saved. And then later on in life, they got baptized by the Spirit, and they truly started following Jesus. This this has many variations and many different many different things. People say different things that are attributed to this kind of lifestyle. Where you know, I got saved when I was young, but I wasn't truly following Jesus. Or he wasn't Lord, or I got baptized in the Spirit. That's more of a charismatic thing. I think begin to follow Him deeper later. But the fact is, the matter is this, that the scripture, the testimony of scripture is clear that when Christ regenerates a heart, that our heart's desire then is to walk in his precepts and keep his rules. That's our desire. We don't do it perfectly, but that is absolutely our desire because he is Lord. Right. And it's a confusing thing for well a lot of people really and i say that because you know my mind went to the scripture out of matthew chapter 7 where jesus says not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven on that day many will say to me lord lord did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So there, this is an issue, and it's important because according to Scripture there, this is something that a lot of people are confused about, and a lot of people are under the assumption or the deception even that they're following Jesus in this way, even calling him Lord, but but that's that's not what they're doing at all. Uh, so it's important to understand what it truly means to recognize Jesus as Lord and and live under that reality. It's the one who who does the will of the Father, and and that goes back to what you were saying. Do you have that heart's desire to, or are you trying to do the Christian thing because you you can be seen, or it's beneficial for you socially, or a hundred other things? Or do you just recognize that Jesus is in charge and, and you're not and and you trust him and follow him and and listen to him? Yeah. Well, we could I think we could literally talk about this topic all night, but probably need to move on to something else. But maybe we can pick up on it another time and go a little deeper with it. Yeah. Because I think I think there's a lot of things that attribute to this and maybe kind of point some of those things out would be something good to do. But we want to get back on the fast food wagon a little bit. We coached football in Lincoln County. Do you remember the year? 2004. Wow. You knew that really quick. Yes. Um, I Up until last year, I finally had to get rid of those red shorts that we got when we coached up there. Still- 2003. I'm sorry. Oh, 2003. 2003. Oh, yeah. man. All right. I was a year off. Yeah. you. At. Yeah. I got, got rid of my shorts few years ago yeah but uh we had a good time coaching up there and there's a lot of things that go on with that story but one of the things we want to start the conversation with and maybe we'll get into the some of those other things is on friday nights of course we would go up there 
and generally because we were we had so much wisdom we wouldn't eat before we left would we would we i don't think we would back then yeah, uh, yeah. so we had lunch at noonish or whenever we would have lunch or maybe not at all yeah and then we would go to lincoln county and generally we would ride together unless you were coming from richmond when you were in school and we would ride together and we would do a whole football game and it was like 10 11 o'clock at night and we would be so hungry yeah tell the people what we used to do eric well we would absolutely destroy the local mcdonald's <laughs> there i mean and and back in those days 2003 now you could get a I don't know what they've called it over the it's a double cheeseburger, but I don't know if they called it something else. You get those for a dollar back then. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. A dollar. So so that was the bulk of our nutrition on Fridays were the double cheeseburgers from from McDonald's. We would go and just get like a sack full of them. And and on the way back, we would we we would refresh ourselves with it. I think by sackful you mean we would usually eat four a piece. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if we would always eat four each, but I, I mean it, it, it was it lot. wasn't it was I I know for sure that by the time we finished that uh, football season, I was I was more of a man than I had ever been <laughs> because because of the weight gain that was happening from from the local McDonald's there. Yeah, and. I remember one time distinct, I don't know. I don't remember the whole, you know, every bit of the details, but I remember we were really hungry and we went and got our cheeseburgers. And I think maybe that was the time that we got four a piece. Yeah. And I think we had them eight, like within two miles. <laughs> and like we finished them. We're like, Oh my goodness. We just did that. <laughs> and, and what I remember, and this is what would stick out to me. I would always order mine with no pickles because I hated the pickles. Yeah. And, but you liked them and you, but yeah. you didn't like the onions. I didn't like the little onions. Yeah. So, so here we would order eight cheeseburgers, four with no pickles, four with no onions. Yeah. And I remember that because when you do that, and, and here's a, here's a, what's it called? A life hack. Yeah. If, life if, hack. If, if you go to a fast food restaurant and ask them to change it up just a little bit, yeah. You're going to get your food fresh. You know, I was told once that when you get French fries, ask for non-salted fries. Mm. And that way they have to be fresh. And then you can just put salt on them yourself. I've never thought about that. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We, we would always get fresh double cheeseburgers because yeah, of how yeah. we would order. Them. So yes, we, we yeah. You know what I remember about that year? Well, there's a lot of things that I remember, but now <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Were you taking college classes at the time? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I started off doing that. Yeah. Did you sign up for a class that was like ancient history of China or something like that? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, okay. I did. Because <laughs> I, I was going to, I was going to be a history teacher. So I jumped right in to uh, ancient Chinese history. And what, wasn't that the beginning of the end? That was the beginning of the end. That's when I'm just started thinking, you know what? Maybe, maybe I can't, can't do this stuff. Need to do something different here. Yeah. I remember having that conversation with you. I think you were driving and we were headed there or something. You're like, Tyler, I'm taking this ancient Chinese history class. And I just don't think I'm going to be able to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I also remember I ended up dropping classes that semester. Yeah. And 
as was par for the course, you went up there with me the day that I dropped my classes. I don't know if you remember that because I do now. Yeah. The school was close to a red lobster. So, <laughs> so, so I went and dropped my college classes and then you and I went to a red lobster and yeah. I, I guess came back for, for football practice. We, that cele- afternoon. we celebrated. <laughs> Celebrated Red Lobster. That, that was the last time I stepped set foot inside of a university. <laughs> went, went the Bible college route after that. There we go. Because that man gave you that check on the side of the road when you jumped his truck. Yep. Uh, there we go. <laughs> That's right. But there were a lot of things, you know, really in that year of coaching at Lincoln County that I can look back on that and see God's providential hand in a lot of areas that that really formed my life and your life today, even as far as my wife, which was my friend at the time would come watch us coach. She'd come to the games. Oh, I didn't know she did that. Yeah. She would come to the games at Lincoln. We always laugh about it. She goes, she says when I was coaching at Lincoln County's when she fell in love. Huh. And so she would come to the games and, and just watch. And she still remembers yeah. some of the players and cheerleaders and like that. Just stuff she remembered about them. But I always uh, wonder where some of those football players are. Yeah, um, every now and then I see one of their names pop up on something like they're doing some sort of work for someone or okay or, yeah, or something. There. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, huh. that's cool. That was that was a fun time. We had a good time up there that year. It's probably the most fun coaching I had. Yeah, um, yeah. We really didn't have a clue what we were doing. I don't think for the most part, or I didn't. Well, we didn't. I. All I know is when we had our first scrimmage or one of our scrimmages head coach there at the time, he toward the end of the scrimmage said, all right, Dougie, you start calling the defensive plays. And I was like, what? And I started calling like all this stuff. I was just saying some names of like colors and like cover black. And I didn't know. And you had to help teach me about the coverages because yeah. you were the defensive back yeah. guy. Yeah. You taught, I taught you coverages and you taught me blocking schemes. Yep. Yeah, we kind of worked together there doing that. <laughs> but yeah, did you now? Did you call the defense for JV? Yep, because I called you, you the did, offense. You did the offense. We were yeah. co off or co JV head coaches. We were. You, we were. Yep. Yep. That's probably my highest ranking in football. Yeah. Well, we uh, we scaled scaled the mountain together there, we and did. and yeah, here we are now. Yeah, those good times, huh? All right. Well, we've got about. I don't know, a little more than 15 minutes left. We want to tackle this last topic, and it's a it's a doozy a little bit. Biblical versus worldly view of who mankind is. So last week, we kind of did a little bit of an apologetic in both of our uh, Bible times. Last week, we talked about the age of the earth. Or no, that was on our, uh, that was on our uh, Bible answer. And let's plug that really quick. If no one's listened to our Bible answers, you can check those things out on YouTube where we answer Bible questions really quick. Those things are good. and Professionally done videos. Yeah, some guy that does really good videography. On one uh, side. On one side and a cell phone <laughs> on the other. But nonetheless, <laughs> they are they are good. But anyways, in our last podcast, we talked about the exist. Can we know that God exists? And also the problem of evil. We discussed that a little bit. So we want to do another little bit, I guess, an apologetic uh, time here at the end. Biblical versus worldly view of who mankind is. Eric, go for it. Yeah, well, we you got to realize that I'm kind of rethinking about some of these things in a fresh way because 
Sunday nights at our church, we're going through the Truth Project study, and it's just a study that helps you to see the lies that the world gives us versus what Scripture says, and, and really in every area of life, you can pretty much know what the Bible says by by looking at what the world says about something and yeah. just doing the opposite. So yeah. if the world says that people are this thing, you could pretty much bank on it that Scripture says opposite. Or if if the world says that marriage is this thing or, or work is this thing or whatever it is, Scripture is going to show something different. And that's very that shows up in a very real way when talking about mankind, just people like who are we and what scripture says about who we are is a lot different than what the world says about who we are. So, so that's, that's where I would kind of start with this conversation is, is it's important to think this through because there may be some areas that, that you've, I mean the the listener have you've accepted about who you are as a person, who we are as as people, and it's a lie that the world has given you that's not what scripture says at all. So so it's important to think this through. Yeah, and I guess what's the foundation to this? Genesis one twenty six. Yeah, that's where my that's where my Bible's opened up to. So well re- read it for us, sir. Okay. Genesis one twenty six says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Yeah. So two things I think in there that we really need to pay attention to is that we are made in the image of God and we're given dominion. Is that what you would say? Yeah, those are two huge things, uh, being made in the image of God. And we could start there, that the Imago Dei mm-hmm. of, of God here. So we, as people, are made in the image of God. The, the Truth Project, if you've, and I, I know I keep talking about that, that's just a, it's a really good study that Focus on the Family did about 16 or 17 years ago. Yeah, but well, the, I'm, I'm going to link that in the show notes, too. That's something worthwhile for people to take a look at. Yeah, and the the teacher in that Dale Tackett he he talks about how Scripture says "amajo deo," and then the world says "amajo gu," meaning the world's going to tell you that you're made in the image of pond goo and molecules that have come together over billions of years and have gradually evolved into a fish-like creature and then eventually a land-like creature. And and fast forward, we are who we are now. So you're not made with any purpose. You're not even necessarily made. You're just kind of here, and this is just who you are. So that's what the world says about who you are. And there's a lot of implications to that. But Scripture, on the other hand, says... No, you are made in the image of God. You are made to reflect who God is and 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 his person and his creativity and his and his love and and so many different things. You reflect God, but the world says exactly the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said in the in the beginning when you began to talk about this is if you can look at and I think you were quoting is it Tackett? Is that what you said? Dale Tackett. Dale Tackett. You're quoting him when you said, if you look at what the world says we are, well, you can assume the Bible says the opposite of that and vice versa. 
And I think that's kind of some wisdom in that, that the world will never line up with scripture on anything and much more on who we are as people and mankind and that we are created and made in the image of God. And that gives us a lot more it's worth is is that the right word to use a lot more worth than if we did just come from goo I'm, I'm sitting here on my back porch right now and i have a deck over here with a pool and i'm sure the water in that pool is pretty gooey and gunky right now even though it's treated but nonetheless i couldn't imagine thinking that billions and billions of years ago man was formed out of a clump of organisms found in gooey gunky nasty water that yeah. doesn't give a lot of worth to mankind. Well, and that's that's the thing too. And if you and here's something we need to realize too: if we accept the conclusion to things, then by default we accept the premise or the foundation of it. So, what I mean by that, for example, is if you or your kids who are taught, especially. I know in Kentucky, especially in, in the year, in your eighth grade years, when they really shove evolution down your throat, if you accept the conclusion that man has evolved, well, by default, you don't even realize how, how that lie is taking you captive because by default, you have to accept the foundation of that, meaning you were not created with the purpose. You're not here for a purpose. You are a, a cosmic accident choices you make in the end really don't don't matter other than the fact of hey let's just all try to get along in this short time that we're here there's nothing for you to look forward to after this life love is not a real thing it's just a social construct you can just go on and on so if you accept the fact that you've evolved then even if you don't realize that you're accepting all these other things that that kind of are are underneath it whereas scripture shows no we are created with a purpose fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of god yeah and the like you said the implications are are so vast we look at things that like um, abortion and marriage and and all of these social issues that we have today that are you know kind of tipping the scales of culture and it all goes back to this truth we find in genesis 126 that Christians say we are made in the image of God, and because we're made in the image of God, then life matters. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, because we're made in the image of God, then we ought to be holy as he is holy, and right. we can only do that through Christ. Yep. So you break down that truth at the very beginning. You break that foundation. Well, chaos absolutely ensues after that. And I think our culture is a testimony of that right now where we live in, I think Dr. Moeller says a culture of death where life does not matter. And it's because the foundations have been broken and it's not just in the culture. It's in the Christian culture as well. Yeah. And if we're not, if we're not created with any purpose, if, if we don't have some sort of structure, no sort of image of God uh, about us, then if you really think about it, anything we do is just, it's preference. And that's, why, that's what's happening with the world. You know, if you don't like what 
marriage has been. Well, if you don't prefer that, let's change it to something else. If you don't think that the way a family looks should be one way, well, whatever your preference is, change it to something else. Education, work, any number of things. It's just all preference if if you're not made in the image of God. And that goes with any area of life. So just keep in mind that the world is always going to say the opposite of what Scripture says. So thinking specifically about mankind in, in general, well, what does Scripture say about mankind and, and who we are? Well, Romans 3 says this, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All, all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And it and it goes on from there. Scripture says that mankind, since we have sinned since the fall, we are basically bad. We are totally depraved. Well, what does the world say? Well, the world says mankind's basically good. You know, I, I believe in in most people's hearts that that most people are are good. Well, you hear stuff like that. That's the their view of mankind goes directly against scripture. Scripture's not saying you're as bad as you could be. You can always be worse. Scripture's not saying that you may not act better than the guy down the street or something like that. But scripture shows us that our very core were were evil. Yeah, the world doesn't accept that. The world says basically good let's do what we want and sometimes if my good runs into your good that's just when problems happen right right that's, that's great wisdom there let's uh let's look at the other part of this verse dominion it's a word we don't use a lot you know i'm not sitting at the volleyball game watching my daughter and look over to the guy next to me and say hey we're really showing some dominion art out there aren't we bud so <laughs> what's that word mean eric well, that goes back to to lordship. Jesus is Lord of all, and as Jesus is Lord of all, he has given us a stewardship to be in charge of the world, to take care of the world. Let, now, let me read this part of Scripture again. I'm in Romans here. Let me flip back over to, to Genesis one twenty six. And just think through what it says here, talking about being made in the image of God. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So the Bible says that God has put us in charge of animals, stuff in the water, land animals, the earth itself, take care of it. Well, again, what has scripture or, or what has the world said? The world's turned that upside down. And instead of the earth being here for us to use, what does the world say? Well, the world says, well, no, you're here for the earth. Uh, we need to reduce your, the carbon. You need to, to live in such a way where we're reducing emissions and there, there's not this global warming you gotta gotta treat animals with with respect. There, there's one guy, one guy, and and I think you should be respectful to animals. That, that's not what I'm saying, but people elevate. I, I say that as you're smoking two turkeys. Right <laughs> I was you. thinking, by, I was by, getting ready to say it. I was by the way, say, I've you know I'm here, sitting here smoking two birds. <laughs> what, what I mean, what I mean, though, is just don't go go off and and, and kick a dog just just for 
for fun is, right. is what I was getting at. <laughs> but but smoke those birds. But I, I can't remember the guy that said, and it goes back again to how we're created, but there's this saying that a rat is a pig, is a dog, is a boy, meaning that you know, a rat is just the same since we're all evolved anyway. Yeah. There's there's no there's no difference. It seems like it was the uh, founder of, of PETA or or something that okay. yeah. said something like that. But again, whatever scripture says, the world says something different. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. To have dominion, and I, as you were talking there, I thought of Romans 1 where it said, you know, you were talking about where it talks about worshiping the creature rather than the creator. And that's the world flipping Genesis 126 on its head, really. That we've been turned over to do what we want to do with our sinful hearts or sinful desires. Adam neglected to have dominion, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think that was kind of what was going on there. I mean, he was given this order from God to, you know, you were made in our image after our likeness, have dominion, have rule. And what did we see happen in Genesis three? Is his his wife Eve was tempted and ate of the fruit of the tree. Well, Adam was supposed to have dominion over creation. And he was derelict in his duties to do that. And therefore, sin came into the world. And many people will read that narrative and they'll look at the woman and what the woman did, woman did and even blame the woman for what she did. But the problem really was that Adam was not doing what he was supposed to do. And his dominion was not to rule with an iron fist. Part of being having dominion is protection, looking out for, leading and guiding. And that's ultimately what God made us to do. And to then, you know, look out into the world and not do that is not doing what we were created from the very beginning to do to be made in God, God's image and to have dominion over the creation. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he made excuses. So Adam, when, when God confronted him, Adam turned to his wife and said, she made me do it. And then Eve turned to the snake and said, snake made me do it. And then the snake didn't have a leg to stand on. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know. I thought you were saying something so profound. I was like, well, that, yeah, I was I, into I, it. I, I was into it, and I was like, "Yeah, get on, get on, Eric." And then you drop, drop that on me. Pretty profound, still. Still <laughs> it was. It was. So, <laughs> close us out here, Eric. Just talk to us as people, and just tell us, just in the most simple language you can what we were created for. Yep. We were created for his glory. We are created to honor and glorify him, to reflect him, to be made in his image. And the world will feed you this stuff about self-help and, and all the, all these different things. But really, if you kind of dig through all, all the rubbish you get down to the bottom of it, and that worldview is is an empty worldview. And 
it's just trying to trying to make up something to to make you feel better about yourself but but really the world is telling you that you don't have any worth because really you are a cosmic accident but the biblical worldview and this is for anybody listening you are made in the image of god you are made with a purpose doesn't matter who you are or or where you live or what kind of ability or or disability you you may deal with or anything like that you are are made for a specific purpose and that was to honor to honor god with with your life and you are made in his image so only one belief system allows for that the the stuff that you're going to going to get fed in in school the the stuff that underlines uh, everything you hear on the on the evening news and and so many other media outlets there there's no purpose to the foundation of any of that but if you look to scripture and see what god has said then you can rest assured that you were created with the purpose fearfully and wonderfully made to glorify him jesus christ who is lord over all thanks for listening to the halfway there cast a production of halfway there ministries visit our website halfwaytherministries.org where you will find resources to help you follow christ on your way home as well as information about how to find us on social media and read our blog we are serving christ on our way home trying to help others on their way. We are halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer.